When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random. The Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. Clay, I'm a coffee drinker. I love coffee. And uh, sometimes I like to just go for a little stroll and get some in the morning. It's kind of a ritual. I'll make it myself at home some days, but other days I like to go for a walk. And in my neighborhood coffee uh, place, it's, which is always bustling, they have not only uh, do they ask for a tip, but I believe it also has a mandatory service charge added to your bill. So when you get your um, pumpkin spiced oat milk latte with an extra sprinkle of cinnamon, for example, <laughs> not that either of us would ever drink such a thing. But when you get that, uh, you are charged a 20, I think it's 18 or 20 percent service fee on the initial charge. And then it asks, do you want to give an additional tip? It's kind of like in hotels, which I really I really don't like this. You know, they'll do like room service in hotels a lot of the time. It'll say, you know, what tip are you going to give? Well, there's a $15 service charge to bring you a cheeseburger on a, on a plate, right? So that's supposed to be the tip. Pew did a bunch of polling on this. And the American public, according to Pew Research on this new survey, 72% say they oppose businesses with automatic service charges on bills what do you make of this sir i tipping is out of control in this country period and, and i think everybody out there listening even people who work in service industries and rely on tips are seeing that happen for most of life buck you didn't have to tip that often except maybe you go to a restaurant you understood hey restaurant servers they're making two three dollars an hour or whatever it is and so you're going to tip on it the first time that I really saw this start to take off, and you may remember this too, was they started asking you to tip when you went and picked up your own food. Restaurants started having to go. This is pre-COVID. Uh, restaurants would have to go, and let's say you went to Outback Steakhouse or something, you would walk up to the, the place and they would have your food, and you'd be asked to tip on just pick, literally picking up your food. And now, I, I every time I buy something, I feel like I'm being asked to tip. 
Have you noticed this where well, you, you even basically if you're already are. getting charged? It doesn't even yeah. matter where you are. They spin that thing around and it automatically has like a default. And it's not even small tips. It's like 15, 20, 68%. You're like, well, I mean, this seems like a lot. Well, also this thing of you're in a line of people and there are people behind you, let's say, and they flip that tip screen around Oh, yeah, around they put you on you. the spot. Yeah, you never want, you know, you never know. Someone, you know, somebody on the other side of that counter might be having a bad day. Be like, oh, look at the big spender over here, guys. You know, zero tip. Like, you know, so I, there's a little bit of, it feels mildly coercive to flip around the tip mildly screen. mildly coercive. I think it's almost completely coercive. Because I tip. I feel fortunate to be able to do so. But given how much prices have already gone up, the idea that you're then going to be asked to tip on top of extraordinarily high prices, oftentimes for people not actually doing anything. Well, this is my one of my only things about staying in, in, in any hotel is, I mean, I, I, I never have like five or ten dollars in cash on me and to I mean, almost never. And so having cash on hand to tip people is uh, just charge me more money. Or just or just run my credit card for 50 bucks and give it to everybody who's going to help me with something. But but just, you know, the tipping has gotten out of control, folks. That's bottom Amen. line. Amen. Sunday Sizzle with Clay and Buck. Fun fact, the Burn the Boats comes from Hernan Cortez and the invasion of the Aztec Empire. Another I didn't one even of know one... where, it, where it came yes, from. Yes, yeah. that's, that's generally, you know, you know he, he burned his ships so that the men couldn't leave. I believe historians now think he actually scuttled the ships, but then the legend became that they were burned, but that they just sort of sunk them instead of trying to burn them. Um, but I was thinking about this also yesterday because you mentioned the Burn the Boats thing, and we had people writing in about my claim that Nepo- uh, no, that Hannibal was one of the five greatest generals of all time. I also mentioned... Napoleon and someone wrote in Genghis Khan and I'm like you know there's there's some there's some strong feelings out there about most impressive military commander in the case of the Khan of the Khanate and Genghis Khan in particular you're talking about I mean mass destruction of not just armies but civilians on a scale that had never been seen before in human history so that's a that's a tough one but incredible military machine the the Mongol isn't Genghis Khan like there's some insane percentage of his DNA that exists in much of that region of the world still is as much as like one in 16 people are descended from Genghis Khan in some way. This, I do not know. I've heard so, something along those lines. But yeah. I, I staff staff looked that up. You probably weren't expecting Genghis Khan uh, genealogy, but it's some unbelievable number of children that he individually and his family, obviously the, his heirs have fathered throughout the course of, uh, of that region. I think it was like one in 16 yeah. in some parts of the world uh, can directly trace their descent to Genghis Khan, which is is kind of unbelievable to think about. I, I also think if you're talking about the greatest generals of all time, you do have to s- make a separation into those who were forward deployed combatants themselves versus those who were strategic geniuses a little bit. You know, you start to get into like Alexander the Great was part of cavalry charges, right? And he would actually get into it. Napoleon, yeah, no, you know, just- actually, you got me thinking now, too, like who is the greatest American general of all time? Oh, this audience gets, we'll get, uh, our VIPs on email, because we're not going to have time for all the calls on this. Send us your, the greatest American general of all time. Who would you argue? Um, I think you'd get a lot of people who would say, based on results, um, Douglas MacArthur has to be high on the list. Yeah. I think people would argue that. Now, others would say that that's crazy, but there are definitely going to be some Douglas MacArthur people in the audience on a a skills basis. You're going to get some people who say, 
that for outcome on the battlefield, Robert E. Lee was an incredible strategic mind for yes. his time. That is just a that is a fact of yeah. military history. They will say that. I mean, you know, you you could no, no one's saying here. You know, we're just talking about how good someone is at generalship. Uh, who comes to mind for you from the American side? Well, it's going to be even more controversial because uh, I think the most imp- and again, the, also the possibility is: Are you talking about commanding general or someone who had a corps or someone who had a division? Or so the, I'll give you a, a couple from the Civil War. Um, Nathan Bedford Forrest to me is probably the greatest cavalry general that ever existed in maybe the world. And there's some interesting stories, Buck. Again, just talking military genius. If you look at the way that Forrest fought his battles, they're incredible. And one of the people who was most impressed by Forrest, reportedly, was Rommel, who traveled pre pre World War II? You know, you study military history. I, I, yeah, I was about to bring up that you know Rommel wasn't you know Nazi fighting World War II, but in terms of military strategic and tactical prowess, a lot of military historians would say Rommel was one of the great military tacticians of all time, and that he came here and studied and walked the battlefields of Nathan Bedford Forrest to try to understand the strategies that he deployed. Because if you see the topography, uh, if you are a, a military historian, anybody who studies history, the topography of a battlefield was hugely important uh, historically to who won and who lost. Um, and I, I mentioned uh, Hernan Cortez at the beginning and the conquest of the Aztec Empire. I mean, he arrived with hundreds of men and managed to defeat an empire that was had a human sacrifice and slavery, by the way, but the Aztec Empire, massive slave empire, actually, you don't hear about that, um, but defeated them, and it was, I think they estimate a couple million people. He managed to just, you know, it, it's an incredible story. You could make an amazing television series about Cortez and the Aztecs, but it would be very controversial because he he was a uh, he was a rough dude. There's no question about it. We've got some Genghis Khan updates. Let me also give you a couple more Civil War generals because people are going to be like Clay Travis praises you know Clay Travis and Buck Sexton praise Robert E. Lee. No, you're, you're on your oh yeah and, I said Robert E. Lee. I was going to say yeah, you're on your own. Nathan Civil Bedford War, man. Forrest, who had a uh, checkered at best past after the Civil War. Um, I would say George Thomas. Uh, who was a uh, Virginian who stayed loyal to the North. If you look at what he did in the Western theater, uh, saved the the Union Army at Chickamauga, and then later basically wiped out Hood in the Battle of Nashville. Um, One of the most successful Union generals that's probably under the radar. And then the other one I would point to, and again, it goes to not only the strategic genius, but being forward-thinking enough to even try it, Sherman. Uh, the idea when Sherman decided to begin his march to the sea that his fam that his army could forage off of the land without supply chains was a revolutionary idea, uh, and uh, and and obviously Sherman's ability to basically fight the will of the Southern people to continue that war. You know who's not a great general? If you actually, and I'm going to get people fired are, up. Are, here are you too. are you throwing Grant under the bus here? No, no. I actually oh. think Grant. I was going to say George Washington. If you look at George Washington's actual hey, military, hey, hey. George exports, kept the army together he, during he kept, very tough times. You, was you bite a, your tongue with that George but talk. You go look at George Washington on the battlefield. As opposed to, uh, certainly, he was a, a, a genius at managing and maintaining the revolution. But in terms of his on-the-battlefield performance, 
Not that good of a performance. But he was an insurgent, and insurgents just have to outlast the will of the enemy, which is what which is what he did. Um, so, okay, we have some Genghis updates, and also, if you want to say, okay, if you want to wait, now we started the greatest generals. We have a lot of news to get to, I promise we'll get to that, too. Um, but 800-282-2882, we got the military historians, some of them, especially Clay with your Civil War take. Someone's going to yell at us. Um, we're, I'm sure we're leaving people out. I think out. my Someone... Civil War takes are going to be oh. respected by Civil War people, but it's going to be a headline on one of these left-wing sites that oh, I yeah. said something positive about a Confederate general. How dare well, I? I'll balance it for the left-wingers by saying that uh, Zhukov uh, in the second, you know, Soviet Zhukov in the Second World War was a, a very effective general and tactician in the Soviet sense, which means, you know, lose as many lives as you have to to get the job done. And by um, the way, Stonewall Jackson, genius. I should have obviously mentioned him, but he obviously is very well known. Yeah. Sorry, I'm fired up here. Yeah, All right, there, there, yeah, he's fired up, folks. 800-282-2882. We'll get back into some of this. Uh, let us know what you think about it. And also our VIP, send us at uh, clayandbuck.com VIP. Send us your thoughts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Sunday Drop with Clay and Buck. (laughs) 
poor call screeners never thought they were going to step into greatest American general fire today um, with, uh, wow. with lots of... You see of, all these uh, VIP emails? We are drowning. Yeah. Lots of history hot takes coming in this uh, this morning. By the way, let me. I was not far off um, from my on my Genghis Khan uh, take. Ali again, something she probably wasn't expecting to look up. Uh, historians long known that he had a ton of kids, but according to a 2003 study in the American Journal of Human Genetics, uh, 0.5 percent of the world's male population is a descent of Genghis Khan. 8% of all men living in his former territory, Buck, had his Y chromosome. So think about that. One in every 200 people, in men anyway, that they can trace through the Y chromosome, one in every 200 men is a descendant of Genghis Khan. And one in every, what is that, one in 16 of every men in the world area in which he conquered. That is unbelievable. Now, they said they knew he had a lot of kids, six wives, untold number of concubines, but and it could be, I guess, his sons as well, right? Uh, I imagine that Genghis Khan had a lot of sons, and that would obviously have continued as well, and they were probably powerful and had a lot this of kids This would make sense well. because when people, for example are having a speakerphone conversation at the coffee shop next to me, I go full Genghis Khan on that so that I might have some Genghis <laughs> Khan DNA. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense. Um, and yes, the, the amount of emails that are rolling in right now. Um, I can't, I, I look at you, you just, that people, was just, you were just starting the fire there. You were throwing, you were throwing an M80 into a bucket of of gasoline with your uh, well, I guess that would actually put it out. But you know what I mean. You throw an M eighty out George, there. To, George, my George Washington, George Washington take. take. Yeah, my George, which is accurate historically. Military historians, they're nodding. All the rest of you are ready to tar and feather me and and throw me in the. In I just the, want to say, the, I the, I sit here. <laughs> I I have total solidarity with George Washington on this issue. I think that he had a very tough hand that he had to deal with militarily. So. Militarily, he was a poor general. Now, in terms of holding, I mean, on the battlefield, in terms of holding together the revolution and the uh, men and material, the armada aspect of the battle, he was very impressive. But you got him on the field, right? You got him in the ring. I don't think GW took a great, threw a great punch or took a great punch. He just wasn't that good, actually, in combat leading troops. I mean, it's Benedict Arnold talk over here. It's all I can tell you. It's crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stonewall Jackson, the Valley campaign. I was, I was talking about Nathan Bedford Forrest. Probably the greatest strategic uh, military campaign in, a, in, in our history is what Stonewall Jackson did in the Shenandoah Valley uh, with, the, uh, with, the, with his army there. It's still unprecedented to this day what he accomplished. Yeah. Incredibly brutal, but Julius Caesar would be somebody you should also think of as an as a, a phenomenally accomplished military commander. Uh, we think of him in a much more sort of theatrical sense and getting stabbed and all that. Um, Steve in New York wants to throw a name into the mix that we haven't talked about yet. What's up, Steve? How about General George Patton? Yep, that was one Certainly, that we... Yeah. yeah. One of the greatest... Thank you for the call. Maybe the greatest military movie ever made. 
Patton. Oh, that's 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 a whole oh, dude. That's a you can't just throw these. You can't just drop these bombs, Clay. I said that's I a said big maybe. conversation. I think, best military I mean, you, movie I ever. I, I wouldn't go that far. What would you say is the best military movie ever? Ah, uh, most realistic, most realistic for modern combat. Black Hawk Down. Best military movie ever made. Oh man, dude, you can't put me on the spot like that. You can't do. that. I mean, there's Patton so many. Is, Patton is so good. So good. I mean, Braveheart, Gladiator, if you want to... I mean, again, you can kind of get into those Saving military, Private I was Ryan. thinking more like military combat. I mean, Saving yeah. Private Ryan is a phenomenal movie that holds up incredibly well, incredibly well made. So I, that has to be on my list. And there's lots of television, like Band of Brothers, obviously, that are television series uh, that are incredibly well done. But Patton, that opening scene of Patton when he walks out in front of the American flag... Yeah. I think is one of the greatest scenes that's ever been filmed in American history. People are shouting out Apocalypse Now. There, there's a lot of movies. Platoon. That they would put I see. I'm not you a platoon like person, but we could talk. Eh, we could talk about that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport, and I'm Kibi Rappaport, and together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.